Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look in, look in your Bible. Look in your Bible in the book of John. Look in your Bible, the book of John and the 21st chapter of John. I'm so delighted to be here. Y'all really know how to make a man feel welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here with you. Boy, my mind went back to which I've been here several times, but the first time I ever spoke, and Brother Collins said well ago, was November 1989, November 30th, 1989. And you know what? I thank the Lord that you got the same spirit the day that you had back then, and that uh, it's, 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 everything looks, looks the same. And I thank God for that. I thank God that you've stayed uh, the same and not, not changed through the years, that you've kept everything on track. I appreciate it so much. And uh, I'm glad uh, to be a part of uh, this school back there in, I believe, 95. I believe it was, I believe it was 1995. Dr. Howell gave me an honorary doctor's degree from here. I think it was 95. And, and I had the privilege of speaking a lot of times. And I, oh, I didn't graduate actually from here. I didn't go to school. But my whole ministry, I owe really in, in a lot of ways to First Baptist Church and Howells Anderson College because of all of the things that I've learned from the pastor schools and being here and from the staff and uh, from the uh, pastors. Uh, Dr. Hiles, I remember the first time I ever heard him on a cassette tape back in 19, probably in the 70s. And uh, I thought, who in the world is that man preaching? And what preaching he did. And, and really, it had such an effect on me. It changed my life. Changed my life forever. And I thank God that I crossed paths with uh, Dr. Howells. And, and of course, now you got Dr. Wilkerson here. What a great, great man. And uh, I just thank God for you and for this place. Oh, yeah, Dad. And uh, thank you for, for being here today. And uh, look in your Bibles to John 21. John 21, we'll read some scripture to you. Is Taylor, Henley, Taylor, you in here somewhere? Where are you at? Back here? If that fellow would dim his headlights up there, I could, I could see you. I can't, I can't see too good here. But uh, I see a hand waving back there a little bit, so I think that's where you're at back here someplace. And I'm, I'm glad to see you, Taylor. I, Taylor's family is a member of our church, and Taylor, of course, and I remember... When her 
mother brought her home from the hospital when she was born. So I've known their I've known their family, know their family a long, long time. And uh, but just uh, delighted to be here with you today. Now I'm going to preach. I only got a little bit of time, so I'm going to try to give you something. And you preach, your boys. If you you take you take down this outline, and one of these days when you get out and get opportunity and you get a place to preach, this will be one right here you can use. And I always want to preach something usable and something helpful. And so this you can use this, and it's all right here found in John John's Gospel, chapter twenty one, and verse number one. And uh, let me have you to stand. Let's just stand for the reading of the Word of God. It said, and after these things, Jesus showed Himself. If you if you pay attention to that phrase, He showed Himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias on this wise. Then it says again, showed He Himself. And there were together Simon, Peter, and Thomas, and Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples. And Simon Peter saith unto him, I go fishing. And they say unto him, We also go with thee. They went forth and entered into the ship, and immediately that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not of it. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast your net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast, therefore, and now uh, they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were, 200 cubits dragging the nets with fishes. And as soon as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you've now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew a net to the land full of great fishes, 153. And for all there were so many, yet was there not broken. Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of his disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh uh, bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now this is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. Three times in that chapter, it said Jesus showed himself. I'm going to preach to you today, Lord's willing, on what happens when Jesus shows up? When Jesus shows up. Let's pray. And our Heavenly Father, thank you for this place. And Lord, for these good students. And Lord, for this faculty and people that make up Hiles Anderson College. And Lord, only you know the influence uh, that Lord it's had on me. And the debt that I owe, I could never repay. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me one more time to stand here and try to pay back some of what I owe. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. 
And I'm going to preach to you uh, for a little while on what happens when Jesus showed up. You know, uh, Jesus had died on the cross, buried and risen again from the dead. And uh, he, uh, he had left the, the, the disciples. He had, he, he, had, he had been with them, but uh, he was getting ready to go back to the Father. He was getting ready to go back to the, to the Heavenly Father. But the disciples, I believe personally that Peter was the leader of the disciple band. He was the head. His name was always mentioned uh, before any of the others. And even in the inner circle of the disciples, it was always mentioned to Peter, James, and John. But he was always the first name mentioned. So I think he was uh, maybe the leader of the disciple band. And he, I think he got discouraged. And you know, discouragement can make you to make some foolish moves sometimes. And you're better off not to, uh, to try to make decisions too much about things when you are discouraged. And so Peter here said to the other disciples, I think he thought maybe this is the end of things here. And he was some discouraged. The Lord is getting ready to leave them and go back to heaven uh, there because he'd finished his earthly uh, work and ministry. And so he's getting ready to leave. And Peter said to the disciples, I go a fishing. And they said unto him, we go, we're going with you. And so you better be careful about ever thinking about quitting because let me tell you, uh, you influence somebody. And lots of times people have an influence over a lot of people. And uh, you quit, it's not just you. There's people watching you. You have no idea that they, uh, they're watching you. You know, there's kids back home that was in your youth group that are still in high school that are uh, juniors and seniors and sophomores and even some of the little, little fellows. And they, they look at you as a, uh, uh, a hero to them. You finished school and you went to college and uh, here you are preparing for ministry. And so they, they're watching you though you're not fully aware. Uh, you're a hero to them. Peter here was to these others. And he said, I go a fishing. Now when he said, I go a fishing, this did not mean... I'm going to take off a couple of hours and go down here with my uh, rod and reel and, and go down here and sit on the uh, bank and fish and then just go back and go do my work. That's not what they're talking about. Peter had been a fisherman by trade before he ever got saved. And what he meant was, I'm, I'm quitting the ministry and I'm going back to what I used to do. This was really a resignation here. Well, the others said, if, if, you're, if you're going back, we are too. We're going back too. Well, this is what they did. They went started fishing. And, and if you remember in this text here, it says, and they caught nothing. Let me tell you, uh, if you quit, that's exactly what it'll, you'll wind up doing is nothing. Brother, let me tell you, quitting is a, is a, it's a, it's a position you just keep doing. First time you run into a snag and something else on a job, you quit the job. And first time you run into this, it don't work, you'll quit this. And even in marriages many times, people get in a marriage and uh, they hit a problem there. And they say, well, you know, I, I quit college, I quit my job over there and I quit this and it'll take care of me. They're just running all the time. Look, there's a time when you got to just put your feet down and say, look, 
Brother, I'm going to get through this thing. And we're going to make it and stick with it and stay. And some of you here, uh, you, you've come to this college and uh, you, you get a little homesick. And uh, you get homesick sometimes. You think about, you know, uh, having it hard maybe financially a little bit and uh, you know, things, uh, they need me back home. and uh, You know, the, they need me back home and I, uh, my family needs me and all that. If you're not careful, you'll miss God completely. That's what they did here. And some things happened. Some things happened. But they had quit. They're out on a fishing boat, catching nothing, doing nothing but drowning worms. Drowning worms, that's all they was doing. Doing nothing. Just out there fishing. And Jesus Christ walks up on the seashore and, and makes them a meal. He makes a meal for them. He cooks fish and gets everything ready. And then he hollers out there, Children, have you any meat? They said, no. He said, cast the nets on the right side of the ship and you'll find. In other words, here's what he was saying. Get right with God and you'll catch fish. That's what he was really saying. You get right in your life and things will pick up. And John, John said to Peter and the disciples, it is the Lord. He recognized him. It's the Lord. And brother, listen, you're talking about business picking up. Now here's Jesus standing on the shore. He showed up. The Bible said Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. Now let me show you what happens when Jesus shows up. Number one, when Jesus shows up, fishing will pick up. You know what? When Jesus shows up in your life, soul winning will become a priority. Fishing picked up. See, Peter had forgotten he was supposed to quit the fishing boats and start fishing with the New Testament. Start fishing with some tracks. The Lord said, Peter, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. He was to be, uh, he had been called of God to preach, but he had also been called to be a personal soul winner. And Jesus said this, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Hey, remember this. If there's no fishing, there's no following. Some of these people say, well, you know, I'm, a, I, I'm getting into the deeper things of God and teaching and all of that, and I'm a teacher, and I do this, that, and other, and now I leave that fishing to everybody else. Let me tell you, every preacher, every deacon, every Sunday school teacher, every layman, Everybody who names the name of Christ who is a child of God ought to be fishing for men. You ought to be going after sinners wherever you are. Always have gospel tracts on you. Always be ready to, to witness and to speak up for the Lord Jesus Christ and to give out a gospel tract and talk to people, see. And you're fishing for men. When Jesus shows up, It'll remind you that you're to be fishing. He said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. What people don't know that think they get into that deeper life, the deeper you get in with Jesus, the better fisher of men you become. The best Christians I've ever met in my life are people who were personal soul winners. But that wasn't all. They were great Christians. Pastor Wilkerson, let me tell you something. That man is a soul winner. 
but you won't find a better Christian. What a good man. And on and on I could go with preachers that I know, and not just preachers, but laymen. I've got people in my church, some of the best people I've got are people that, that, that show up for soul winning time. They go soul winning, and not just when we have it. They're out all the time. And you, you, you boys that are going to be pastors and evangelists, and uh, you're going to be bus directors, whatever you're going to do, let me tell you something. You want to know how to, to get hired and somebody wants you, let me taste what you do. You, you get people saved and you'll never try to be hunting a job. You get people saved. You win, win souls. And so when Jesus shows up, fishing picks up. Let me give you something else. When Jesus shows up, fashions will change. Look at verse 7. It said, therefore that disciple whom uh, Jesus loved saith unto him, it is the Lord. That's John telling him it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, uh, he girt his fisher's coat unto him for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. You know what he did? He, he not only quit his soul winning, he quit his standards too, hadn't he? See what I'm saying? Brother, when Jesus showed up, it was time to get dressed right, wasn't it? You know something, if Jesus is real in your life, you're not going to be having to have anybody tell you to dress right. You'll dress right. Girls, you'll have on those good, modest, decently skirts and dresses. You'll dress like a Christian lady. And let me tell you something. I'm from the old school, and listen, I still believe, I still believe Preachers ought to wear a suit and a tie. You to, if, you, if you're a man of God, you ought to look like it. You're God's man, you ought to look like God's man. You know, e Elisha passed by that Shunammite woman's house and she said to her husband, I perceive this as a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. You know why? You know why that she noticed a holy man of God? She could look at him and tell. Well, I've had the privilege of living long enough that I, I, listen, I can remember the old preachers. I remember the Lester Roloffs and the Jack Hileses and the Tom Malone and the John R. Rices and the Lee Robertsons. I remember these men and others. And brother, let me tell you something. You wouldn't have never thought about seeing them out dressed uh, in a way that didn't look like God's man. Let me tell you something. And let me tell you as a Christian, not just as a preacher, but as a Christian. Brother, let me tell you, you ought to dress right. And Peter had some changes to make right here. When Jesus showed up, he grabbed that fisher's coat and jumped in the water and had to try to get his clothes on in the water. That'd be a chore, wouldn't it? And uh, you see, uh, friend, when Jesus shows up, fashions will change. Fashions will change. And let me tell you, don't let the world set you fashion. Don't let the world tell you how you're going to do this or that or the other. Listen, find out what's right and just go by it. Find out what the Bible says and just go by the Bible. You'll never get in trouble going by the Bible. 
you won't get in trouble with God. That's what I'm trying to say. And people won't understand it. People may not like it. But brother, listen, just go by the Bible. Amen. And so, uh, so fishing will pick up. Fashions will change. And let me tell you something else. When Jesus shows up, faith in God will increase. Faith in God will increase. Look at verse number 5. Then saith Jesus unto them, Children, have you any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And it says, They cast therefore. And now when they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes, look what happened when they, when they trusted him and obeyed him. They're catching nothing with the nets over here. But when Jesus said, children, have you any meat? They said, no. He said, put your nets on the right side of the ship and you shall find it. When they cast over here, they started pulling. They couldn't get the fish in. There were so many in the net. You know what they did? Business picked up. Faith in God will pick up when Jesus shows up in your life. Now, let me tell you, how do you get faith? You get faith in God by praying and watching God answer prayer. And you get faith in God by getting in the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. By the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. See, you and me have a Bible here with story after story and picture after picture of people that put their faith in God and it never fails. Put faith in God. When you get close to the Lord, I remember many years ago we was trying to build a building, uh, a gymnasium actually. Actually trying to build a gym. And this has been years, many years ago, and we needed a million dollars. Well, a million dollars to a country preacher is a lot of money. And I was trying to come up with a million dollars. And so I just got on the phone and called the bank and uh, asked them, you know, said, put the man on, on the horn here. I need to talk to him. And they did. And uh, so I asked him right out. I said, look, we're going to build a building. And I want to call and find out if y'all wanted to get in on it and help us down here and loan us enough money. And uh, they said, well, uh, you know, you'll have to have this much uh, to, to, and we won't be able to help you. And long story short, God provided that money. He provided that money through a man I never met. Uh, God, God, uh, listen, we, we just needed to pray. But what I was going to tell you, too, about uh, offerings. You know, when you pastor a church, when you pastor a church, brother, you're interested in what those offerings are on Monday. You find out on Monday morning what those offerings are because you know what you've got to have. Well, this is many years ago. Our, our offerings for a couple or three Sundays had been down. It had been pretty much under budget. Well, we was in debt. We had we was paying big mortgage and it was costing lots of money. Well, you can't take too many weeks of having offerings to be off when you, you got it's got to go out, you know. And so that morning, that particular morning, it was about the third week in a row they'd been down. I had to make some hospital visits that morning and uh, called the secretary to the office. I said, how was the offering? Well, it was off. And boy, it was raining and just pouring and dreary. And I had to go to the hospital and uh, make visits that day. And to be honest with you, I let the, I mean, I just got a little discouraged, you know. I thought, what in the world's going on with these offerings being down? And, and then you begin to, you're, 
we were trying to build a building and the offerings are down. And that particular morning, they had built a brand new uh, sheets uh, filling station. Well, these uh, uh, stores, uh, sheets, I don't know if you have them up here or not, but down our way, they, they, they're getting pretty popular. And they just built one in our town. On the way back, I stopped at a sheets to get a cup of coffee. It's one of those mornings where you, you just say, boy, a good cup of coffee would be good. And I'm heading back in. And it's raining. I'm sitting there in my truck about half discouraged and got the lights on. I could see my headlights in the window of that sheet store. And I'm sitting there and the wipers going. It's raining. And uh, a, a minivan pulled in beside me. And uh, a woman and a little girl was on the passenger side. And this little girl jumped out of that minivan and she ran around uh, to get out of the rain she was running and to go in the grocery go in that store she had a little styrofoam bowl a little old uh, bowl of cereal I guess she had been eating on that cereal and she went to throw it in the trash can now I'd been sitting there watching uh, this little there's a little old bird it was, a, it was raining and it was a, a trash can had a little lid over it with a light under it and there was a little bird just about this high and he was sitting under that, sitting under that can, uh, sitting under the lid of it, and he was just sitting under there, staying out of the rain. And I was looking at him up under there, and that little girl, she went running by and just tossed her bowl of cereal towards that trash can, and part of the cereal and milk hit the side of the can and splashed around and, and out, and the Cheerios looked like what it was, went out on the ground. Some of it went in the can and different places. But the little girl never did see the bird. The bird flew out of there and just made a lap and come right back. And when he come back, some of that cereal that that little girl had thrown out went right under there where he had been under that lid. And that little bird landed on them Cheerios. They'd done been soaked with milk. That little girl had been eating it. And that little old bird, just a little bitty fella, sitting on top of them Cheerios with his little claws around him. And he was just... He'd reach down, he'd just peck a little bit, and he'd be looking around everywhere, eating them Cheerios. And I thought to myself, as I sat there, it seemed like God began to say to me, uh, Daryl, you see that little old bird up there? I said, yes, Lord. He said, you know something? I fed him today, and I took care of him. And let me tell you something. I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to take care of that church. You keep winning souls and you, you stay close to me and you keep winning souls and you keep following me and I'll take care of you. And I sat there in that truck and I cried like a baby. And I sat there and I wept and I said, Lord, forgive me for not having faith like I ought to have in you. But let me tell you something. There's some of you sitting right here today. Listen, you need faith in God. It might be something you're facing right now. You put your faith in God and pray and stay in the Word of God and get close to God. Then let me say this right here. Uh, when Jesus shows up, there will be a fire burning. Look at, look at uh, verse number 9. And uh, look at verse number 9. And it said, as soon, as soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid thereon and bread and Jesus saith unto them 
bring of the fish which you've now caught. You know what? When they got to the shore, you know what they found? They found fire burning. You know something? You want to get, you want to get on fire for God, just get close to where Jesus is. You say, well, how do you do that? Get in this old book. Get in this old book and read it and read it and spend time with God and build a fire down in your soul. When you get close to him and you get a good look at him, you know what? It'll do something for you and there'll be some fire. Hey, you'll, you'll want to preach then. Hey, and you'll want preaching. You'll want somebody to preach to you when when, and there'll be some fire in your church. You know, brother, today you're living in a day when a lot of churches are dying all over this country. And if I can encourage you preachers when you graduate from here, if God lets you go start churches, you go start one and you put some fire in it. You, 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 you bring the fire with you and you get close to God and keep your heart on fire. They said, oh, George uh, Whitfield, they asked him one time, and, and way up in his 80s, he preached, they said, with the touch of God, and they asked him, said, man, how do you do it? He said, I just set myself on fire, and people come out to watch me burn. Isn't that something? And you see, pull close to God with your prayer life. Get some fire in your life. Get close to God. The Word of God, Jeremiah said, it's like a fire. He said, it's like a hammer. And you know what? When old Jeremiah got discouraged, there was still fire in his bones from the Word of God. And that's what heated him up and kept him going. And my friend, let me tell you something today. We need some fire. We need some fire in our churches. You know, we get some fire in our churches. Uh, there'll be some amens flying once in a while. Amen? You know, when your preachers are preaching, I'm talking about you get to, uh, to church or you get home or wherever you are. When your preachers are preaching, you preacher boys, let me tell you, you know, you reap what you sow. You like get some amens. I mean, you might want to put one out every now and then. Say amen. Yeah, you might want to say amen every now and then. Hey, in the average Baptist church, if a man jumped up and shouted, it'd scare a crowd to death. That's the truth. If people start saying amen, it'd scare people. But let me tell you, well, we don't want no wildfire. That's okay. There's enough wet blankets around to put it out, ain't there? There's enough wet blankets around to put it out. A little fire, listen, will help all of us. See, I ain't talking about some crazy something. I'm talking about some fire uh, of a desire in our heart to do something for God that when we hear truth, we respond to it. That's what I'm talking about. When Jesus shows up, there'll be a fire. Let me tell you something else. When Jesus shows up, there'll be food. You know what? John chapter 6, he said, I'm the bread of life. That's what he said. And he told that bunch of religious crowd there, he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, he said, you don't have no life in you. And they didn't understand what he was talking about. But he was saying, unless you've been washed in the blood of Christ, in other words, what he was saying, and accept my death, burial, resurrection, and unless you accept me as the Son of God, he said, uh, you're not, you, you don't have no life in you. There, there's nothing, you're not saved. And let me tell you something. Uh, you want to give people food, and you want to get food, there's nobody going to starve where Jesus is being preached. 
Jesus said in John 12, 32, And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Is that what he said? And you, let me tell you, I remember when I first started pastoring, and I made a mistake. I didn't know. You know, I was young, and I didn't really have anybody to sort of guide me when I got called to preach, and I didn't go to college. I didn't go to Bible college. You've probably already figured that out listening to me now, but I didn't go. Well, I went to my preacher later, and there was a door opened up for me to start pastoring a church. And uh, I said, boy, preacher, I feel like God wants me to take that church but I don't know what I ought to, you know, I'm afraid I'll run out of sermons. I'm afraid I'll just run out. And he said this to me. This is some of the best advice I ever got. He said, Brother Darrell, he said, when you don't know what to preach, he said, you preach Christ. He's always appropriate. That's some of the best advice anybody ever give me. Preach Christ. He's always appropriate. Let me tell you, wherever Jesus is, there'll be food. Nobody's going to starve when you're preaching Christ. Oh, let me tell you, then whenever Jesus shows up, focus will be renewed. You know what they did? I, I, I'm going to close it out here, but you know, when Jesus showed up, He didn't jump on them for backsliding and getting out of the will of God. He didn't do that. You know what He did? He fed them. He fed them. And then he made his way over to the culprit. He made his way over to old Simon Peter. And he didn't jump on him. You know what he did? He said, Peter, lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? Peter said, yeah, Lord. He said, then feed my sheep. What was he saying? Get back to what I called you to do. Then he said, I've got another question for you. Peter, lovest thou me? Yes, Lord. The third time, Peter, lovest thou me? He said, Lord, thou knowest all things. You know, today Jesus knows your heart. He knows if you love him or not. Are you just mechanical? Are you just running off of going through the motions? Or do you really love him? Do you love him? And you know what he was trying to do? You know what Jesus was doing? He was getting them back in focus. And when he got Peter back on focus, guess what happened? The rest of them got straightened up. And then Jesus then, in Acts chapter 1, he ascends and goes back to the Father. But he had to get them in focus. You know, there might be somebody here today who sort of lost focus. And you say, what do I need? You need Jesus to show up. Let's bow our heads. You know, you might want to use this old altar. You say, Lord, if you are in focus, won't you come pray? Say, God, keep me in focus. Well, what is focus? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Love Him. Keep your eyes on Him, who's altogether lovely. Maybe we have uh, the, the, the musician maybe to just play a, a verse. Here, and I'm going to turn it over just in a minute here to Brother Collins. I, you know, there might possibly be somebody here who don't know the Lord. Maybe you've never been saved. If you're not saved, none of this won't matter until you come to know Him. Friend, if you're not saved, let me tell you something today. 
You ought to come and take Jesus as your personal Savior. You ought to come say today, Lord, I'm a student here, a college student. I've never been saved. Maybe you ought to walk out today and say, I need to be saved. Maybe you got loved ones back home. They're lost. Come pray for them. Come pray for them. As Jesus showed up in your life. Father, I pray today that you'll help these students, help this faculty, help all of us, Lord, to stay in focus. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes on you, not get sidetracked, get off. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us such a place as this. What a great place. In Jesus' name, amen.